WNYC Studios is brought to you by Zbiotics. Seize the day after a night of drinks with Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink. Zbiotics was invented by PhD scientists to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is most responsible for making you feel crummy the next day. Drink Zbiotics before your first drink, drink responsibly, and you'll wake up refreshed and ready to take on the day. Try it for yourself at zbiotics.com/wnyc and get 15% off your first order when you use WNYC at checkout. That's zbiotics.com/wnyc and use the code WNYC at checkout for 15% off. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Brian Lehrer on WNYC and building off what Richard Rothstein was just saying there about the desire to know in this country, we're going to take advantage of the fact that this is a holiday and teachers are off from work by having a call in to end this Martin Luther King Day show for a group of people who usually can't participate. And those of you are teachers, obviously, usually can't call in at this time of day. So here's the question. Teachers listening right now. How do you teach the cause of the Civil War, you know why I'm asking that question, to your students of any age? And if you've been teaching for a long time, or maybe even if you're recently retired, how has the teaching of enslavement, of Jim Crow, of discrimination in our area, even here in the New York area, in the North, and racial inequality generally changed over the course of your career? Has it become more sophisticated? Has it become deeper? Um, Has it become emotionally with a different tone than it had at the beginning of your career? Teachers, the phones are yours for our last 15 minutes today, 212-433-WNYC. 212-433-9692. Teachers or recently retired teachers, how do you teach the cause or causes of the Civil War to your students of any age? How do you teach racial inequality in any era in U.S. history, including today, uh, to your students of any age? And has that changed for you as a teacher? Has the curriculum changed? Has your relationship with it changed? Has the way you communicate it changed over time during your career. 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692. Teachers, history teachers, current affairs teachers, whoever's relevant to this, call in. And why do we frame it this way? Well, I'm sure you've heard Nikki Haley's widely criticized explanation of the causes of the Civil War. If not, here is her original 40-second answer. I mean, I think it always comes down to the role of government and what the rights of the people are. And we, I will always stand by the fact 
that I think government was intended to secure the rights and freedoms of the people. It was never meant to be all things to all people. Government doesn't need to tell you how to live your life. They don't need to tell you what you can and can't do. They don't need to be a part of your life. They need to make sure that you have freedom. We need to have capitalism. We need to have economic freedom. We need to make sure that we do all things so that individuals have the liberties so that they can have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to do or be anything they want to be without government getting in the way. Without government getting in the way. And we've talked about that on the show before, that even when she amended the answer to say, of course, I should have included uh, and said that the cause of the Civil War was slavery, she still came back to the bottom line message of the era being that government shouldn't get in the way, never mind that that's often used as an excuse for perpetuating racial inequality today. So teachers, how do you teach the cause of the Civil War? Do you say slavery and it's one word and let's move on? Or is it slavery and states' rights, as some people would say? Do you ever put it the way Nikki Haley put it there? Because the rest of the answer that we heard persisted in her revised answers, right? It was slavery plus all that stuff. We need to have economic freedom. We made it make sure we have to make sure individuals have uh, freedom to be anything they want without government getting in the way. So does government getting in the way come into play in your teaching of the Civil War or anything else? about how your teaching has evolved over time, how the curriculum in your school district has evolved over time um, on Martin Luther King. How do you teach Martin Luther King? How much time do you spend on Martin Luther King before Martin Luther King Day? Do you say content of our character and you move on? Uh, Did you maybe do that 20 years ago, but now it's more complicated than that? Teachers, tell us about how you teach the cause or causes of slavery, how you teach the causes of Martin Luther King, what causes he stood for, and anything else about racial inequality. How do you teach? School Nikki Haley, even though she's not listening right now, she's campaigning in Iowa, 212-433-WNYC, and school everybody else on how you teach the cause or causes of the Civil War, how you teach the cause or causes of current racial inequality in our country today, how you teach Martin Luther King. Uh, Let everybody know how this has developed over time in your own head as a teacher or in your classroom or in your district's curriculum. 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692, and we'll take your calls right after this. on WNYC. Okay, teachers, you're up on how you teach what caused the Civil War, how you teach MLK, and how much any of that has changed over time in your head or your district curriculum. 212-433-WNYC-433-9692. You can also text. And Patrick in Long Island City, you're on WNYC. Hi, Patrick. Hey, Brian. How are you today? Good. Um. The only point I would make is I think I've been teaching for about 24 years. I, I haven't been in the classroom for about 10 of that of those 24 years, and I was a history teacher. I think that in the city, um, 
the city does a good job of providing the space for us to have racial conversations, social justice conversations. But I also live in uh, Long Island, and I find that the audience there is much less receptive to it. So I think that in the city, we do a good job at addressing these issues, and there is a certain level of comfort in having those conversations and teaching about King mm -hmm. and his legacy, teaching about racial justice. The challenge, I think, is, you know, like you were talking earlier about the Black Lives Matter movement. When I would go to my kid's school out east, what I would find is there would be Blue Lives Matter flags, which not mm -hmm. only just is right. inappropriate in the school, right. but you would have that very visibly in the schools out east. So my question for you would be, you know, how are the teachers out in the suburbs who face much harder pressures to not engage in these conversations? How are they doing it? Because I think yeah. in the city, by and large, we do a pretty good job at at delivering those messages. Well, let me ask you one follow-up question, Patrick. When you do teach out east, how do you navigate it? I mean, Black Lives Matter, you know, that's a very current events issue and Blue Lives Matter in response, whatever. But what about teaching King or teaching the Civil War, if you did? Right. So I don't teach out east, but I think that if I did, I would just have to um, teach what the content is. And, you know, I guess it would be up to the individual to live with those yeah. consequences. Patrick, thank you very much. Let's hear from. So that's there. Anybody who teaches on Long Island and wants to take up uh, Patrick's challenge, 212-433-WNYC. Marilyn in New Mexico. You're on WNYC. Hello from New York, Marilyn. Good morning, Brian. A pleasure to speak with you. And with you. Are you a teacher? I am. I teach high school, world history, and U.S. history. And how do you teach what caused the Civil War? Absolutely. The answer is slavery. There's just, there's no question about it. We look at primary source documents from the time, and that's, that's the answer. Mm -hmm. And how much time do you spend on it? Uh, at what grade level? Oh, my goodness. At, for world history, we start with slavery back at the beginning of civilization with Mesopotamia. We oh. talk about prisoners of war. I wait for my students to say, well, Miss, when did it become racial? And then that opens up that conversation about the triangle trade and the, and the problems that we then have had from there. Really interesting, Marilyn. Thank you so much for checking in with us. Here's Sue Ann in Goshen, New York. Sue Ann, you're on WNYC. Thank you for calling in. Hi. Um, Brian, I'm a longtime fan, um, and thank you for covering this subject today of a, a most appropriate day. Um, when I was a teacher, that was 11 years ago, uh, I taught third grade in uh, Goshen, which is a rural area, um, and I would do a unit on, uh, a whole month unit on Martin Luther King and how I taught it was through leveled reading so that the different uh, readers in my class would be able to read about him, get his message at a very young age um, and in a way that they could understand it. 
their writing was about Martin Luther King's life. Um, I would read to them a uh, biography of Martin Luther King, and they would have a writing assignment uh, about Dr. King, which I would model for them, and they needed to put some of their own words in it. But the message was that Dr. King taught uh, nonviolence. In third grade, I covered Gandhi. We talked about the civil rights movement and Rosa Parks and Ruby Bridges. It was incorporated in their social studies lessons. So for the whole month of January, they were immersed in Martin Luther King, in slavery, in the message uh, of Dr. King of love and how diversity enriched their lives. Um, And as third graders, they were appalled at the fact that uh, Jim Crow laws existed. I explained it to them in terms of the schools that black children went to as opposed to white children and the conditions in those schools. Mm-hmm. And they were horrified. And Sue Ann, I'm going to leave it there just for time so I can sneak one more caller in here before the end of the show. But thank you for telling us about how you taught Martin Luther King to third graders for a month. Kanani in Harlem, you're on WNYC. Hi, Kanani. Awesome. Happy Martin Luther King Day. Thank and you. To you. Um, yes, I, thank you. I just wanted to share really quickly. Um, I have an amazing story, and Gotham has actually um, did a featured a podcast with me. So um, one of the I got three, <laughs> just because I'm so obsessed to learn about the history of race in America. I got three National Endowment for the Humanities Fellowship, and my second one was the history of slavery in Brooklyn. Hmm. And there are over 82 different streets in Brooklyn named after slaveholding families. Um, that includes the lots for the, the three train, the new lots train station, that's the last stop, the Vanderbilts, um, Bergen, uh, and Bed-Stuy. You know, when you think about Bed-Stuy and you think about Stuyvesant High School being the most prestigious high school, well, who is Stuyvesant? Uh, Peter Stuyvesant, the governor of New York, was responsible for making New York City the second largest slave port outside of Charleston, South Carolina. So New York City was a huge hub for enslaved individuals. And when I was in, you know, in, in elementary school, you know, we were taught this whole the thing, you know, slavery was down right. south, south was bad, and yeah. they came up north for freedom, Harriet Tubman. And then I remember being in the fourth grade and breaking news, breaking news, that there was this, this burial ground of enslaved people that was found while they're trying to just build an office building. City Hall. Yeah. And, yep. And, and that's we going to have to be the last word. Kanani, thank you very much. As we are out of time for the Brian Lehrer Show today, produced by Mary Croak, Lisa Allison, Amina Cerna, Carl Boisrond, and Esperanza Rosenbaum, with Zach Goddard-Cohen on our Daily Politics podcast, and Juliana Fonda at the Audio Controls. Happy Martin Luther King Day to everybody, and stay tuned for Allison.